Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Learn Lead Podcast. We're really excited to dive right into this interview with Robert Gill. He is the owner and founding member of Epic Insurance Services, which is a financial management and wealth wealth building company. Really excited for this one. We spoke about the state of the industry, where it's headed, what's going on in his life. So without further ado, we're just going to hop right into the interview. Stay tuned at the end is where we recap the entire interview and talk about what's going on in our lives. So really hope you enjoy. This is the Learn Lead Podcast with your hosts, Tony V and Landon Arcangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. Definitely want to learn a lot from you. Um, also, live vicariously through you because, due to compliance, we're not allowed to talk much about financial services on our podcast. But we have someone on that can, so which is great. Do you have your sevens as well, or just uh, Landon does? I have my seven and my sixty-six. All right, so that gives you a lot of handcuffs for this mm-hmm. kind of right. Yeah. I saw that you got your seven back in the nineties, which I is dropped, cool. Yeah, we. I dropped it because of what I knew. Um, a year ago, August, right, that we were going to pivot to this. So I built, my wife owns the Independent Registered Investment Advisory. Mm-hmm. And we have CF, a couple of CFPs that are connected to us with fiduciaries in that space. We don't talk about any of that as far as like social media. Uh, we don't promote it. We don't, you know, we don't bring any kind of like uh, strategies on how to drive traffic. We stay specifically in the insurance space. And then from there, um, any kind of relationship that would kind of go down that path, we would then hand that off in those scenarios. Very interesting. I, I want to hear about what your experience was like in the nineties though, going through all that stuff, it, you know, different time than we're in today, obviously. Right. Yeah. For me, um, I had, uh, in 1996, I started working on wall street as a cold caller and I used to make 400 dials a day. Um, there was no other jobs I had. I was there from like eight in the morning till seven, eight at night. And from 1996 to 2003, I opened up about 3,000 accounts over the phone. Wow. So from that space, I learned a lot of no's, uh, anticipated no's, default no's, emotional no's. And, you know, what you really learn um, through anything you do in life, whether it's sports, you know, academics, um, you know, the business we're in now is repetition is the mother of all skill. And then if you have enthusiasm to what you do, not just like showing up because that's the first step, but showing up in the right peak state mind frame, um, whether you're tired, you're sick, you're not, you know, whatever's going on in your world, in that space, if you begin to compound those attitudes, beliefs, rituals, what begins to happen is you create momentum that grows exponentially. So I want to, I want to ask you, can you, can you tell us, you know, you started in wall street in, in the nineties, the mid nineties, and then you are to where you are today. Right. So can you tell us what that journey's looked like? Um, in, in a, you know, five minute, uh, segue. Yeah. So, um, opening new accounts over the phone, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, I became very good in that space. And what would happen is people would buy stocks and, what you realize is you don't have any, you don't realize this right away, by the way, but it takes time. Then you realize you have no control over the stock market at all. Right. So, you know, the last thing you want to be able to do is, is, is buy something and then not make money. Right. And as time went on, because of the model that I was brought up with, which was really a greed based model, it wasn't planning. It was taking a portion of their smaller money and, and really kind of having like a, a, um, you know, a gambling mindset to it. Even if they, if it went from the stock went from 10 to 20, um, they would want to buy the next greatest thing since sliced spread. What was interesting in the late nineties uh, when the internet stocks were running, there was like a nine month stretch where we would buy stocks at five and sell them at 30 in like three weeks. Like that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Right. And people would think you're probably geniuses, but it was just yeah, the time that we were in. 
And we thought we were geniuses too. That right. was the problem because all of a sudden we went from making 20, 30 grand a year to 150,000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not mentally prepared for that, um, you know, it's, it's what happens is the rug gets pulled out. Uh, internet's all of a sudden you just stop going up. And now all of a sudden you're like, you, you were making 10, 15, 20,000 a month down to like three, but you have bills and you bought items and credit cards and all this other stuff. And you just, the people that survived that area, that area or that era, I should say, and, and kind of went down the path I went, made it, but the ones that didn't, didn't, you know, sometimes mm. they just never come back. And um, about sometime in 2004, a guy came up to, to my office. I was just about to get married and he was, he was there to sell me a life insurance policy. Right. It was a uh, it was a term policy. And uh, I had at that point, I started getting licenses. So I did get my 24 at one point. I got my life license. Didn't know why I got it, but I got it anyway. And um, he sold me a term policy and, and we had gone from, you know, making, you know, anywhere between like 120 to, to 150 because we owned our own branch office at this point. So basically the payout went higher. So we kind of doubled our money in that space and I was about to get married and start a family. So what do you do? You buy insurance. And after he sold us the term, he saw the kind of money we were making and uh, he brought this other guy in to sell us a whole life policy. This is the guy. Um, he was like the face of guardian at the time, presidential, this presidential, that for like 20 years running. Um, very good. He came in and sold me a whole life policy, but he sold it in the form of like, buying real estate and doing a leap model presentation, kind of like a half version of it. So his whole presentation was about, you know, the money multiplier strategy, um, being able to use money while it's earning a rate of return, your policy to buy other things. And what he would tell everybody to do is buy triple neck round leases for real estate. Like he would talk about post offices and McDonald's and stuff like that. So there was people, not me, but there was people that literally thought that they were putting money away to buy a post office, not even understanding they were buying insurance. Right. Um, what I love, though, about the presentation itself was the word protection, guarantee, and long-term sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really, and, and I felt like if I could incorporate this in my world, because at the time we were still doing individual stocks over the phone, um, that I would be able to take the next step into the business. And that's when I'd say like eight years into the business is when I really started to learn about qualified plans, non-qualified plans, the alphabet super retirement plans, mm-hmm. pension plans, you know, taxes, short-term, long-term state planning, all that stuff was literally like 10 years into my career. Um, so I started learning about that. And uh, I also started presenting life insurance to our clients that bought stocks over the phone. And like this Zoom, Back in 2008, we had a GoToMeeting, and I began to have presentations on GoToMeeting with people in all parts of the country and, um, you know, buying life insurance over the phone. Like, nobody was doing that at the time. Right. And all the folks that were buying stocks with us began to now send us money for their IRAs and 401ks. We, We began to get them put over that we never did before that. So I kind of, I saw that there was a model but the team I was with were not guys like you and they couldn't make that adjustment. They Got still it. wanted to flip stocks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like eight, nine, 10 to 2012 ish into 13, 14, 15, massive changes in my business. Um, I read Tony Robbins book, money masters of the game in 2015, where he basically told on Wall Street and, and created the definition or the differences between a Series 7 and a fiduciary, which I was all for, because I, you know, even in the way I was brought up, if you had a 7, as long as you were suitable, we would, you know, you, they would tell us to buy these products for you. But, you know, with the Series 65, 66 fiduciary, it was in the best interest of the client. So right. what I loved was how from his stage, um, he was he was creating this awareness and he did it with a book first. And then all of a sudden folks started, folks started uh, transferring their assets to creative planning. So I thought it was a marketing model that was, that was incredible. And um, it did plant the seed in my head. And I remember, thinking, wow, I wonder if I could be Tony Robbins' partner in the insurance space. So in 2016, 17, I finally go to a Tony Robbins event. Um, 
you know, I, I go there thinking, wow, he's going to become my partner because I'm great. Right. Like that was my sure, thought sure. process. Um, all of a sudden you're around 17,000 people and you realize real fast, you, there's no way you're getting access to Tony Robbins. Right. Um, but what I learned there was incredible. Um, you know, we're in the business obviously of not selling life insurance, right. We're in the business of really creating protection for families so they can live the lifestyle that they want to live. And at the same time, tap into their future net worth by buying the proper kind of insurance today. God forbid right. they shuffled off this mortal coil prematurely. So um, understanding peak performance, understanding um, you know, that all I was really good at at the time was in the business as an individual producer, I had to start working on the business. And in the back of my head, I always thought about, hey, um, you know, how can I, how can I, uh, how can I create these kind of partnerships? So I want to say September, 2017, a month after I went to Tony's event, I met this kid, this guy, this kid, this person, Sean Callagy. He's the founder of a, of a, uh, peak performance integrity-based human influence coaching model called unblinded. I don't even know if you guys know about it yet or not. I'm not sure if I've heard of it. Check it out. It's, um, um, what he does is has a three-tier approach, process, self, and influence mastery and how they weave in and out. And um, he has created language for stuff that we're all organically good at, but has created a true map on how to go from hello to yes with integrity. And for a guy that was producing on average a million in premium every year for 12 years, at least 11 years when I met him at that point, um, I became a student all over again. And he was the living proof in real life to me of exactly what Tony Robbins was talking about. So I began to, you know, create a friendship with him. And that was in September 17. Fast forward to March of 18. I had said, because I, I realized pretty fast that he was going to become a, a, a peak performance influencer. There was no doubt in my mind about it. And I said, hey, why don't you be Tony Robbins and Epic, our company, you know, will be creative planning. And I still had my seven at that point. And uh, he didn't say yes at that particular point, but because he was a lawyer in New Jersey, his law firm was the number one law firm recovering revenues for doctors, stuff that you guys do with doctors, uh, recovering revenue from insurance carriers. His law firm was the best one in New Jersey. So he would be speaking in front of doctors once a month. And he gave me a stage and a microphone and I started speaking on his stage. Mm -hmm. And at that Beautiful. point, yeah, it was cool. At that point, I had gone from eight to 25 to 30 new meetings a month. Really, really solid, my kind of wheelhouse meetings, right? But sure. I was still an individual producer. As time progressed, I began to work deeper into the Tony world. Tony Robbins became a platinum partner. And Sean introduced me to another gentleman. You might want to check him out. His name is Chris Crone, K-R-I-S, Crone. I'm going to give you some trade secrets on how to massively accelerate your business right now. Because... What I've learned in the insurance industry, there's a lot of people out there that understand every product and can speak to it, but they don't have no one they can tell. And in our industry, it's a flawed industry. 95% of agents fail because they don't train you the right way. Right. They want you to get your friends and family, go to your accountant, go to your attorney. Mm -hmm. And unless you're going to be the best of the best, it's going to run out of time. Just the fact that you guys have this show leads me to believe that you either get referrals from it and or you recruit other agents. Right. So I think you're onto something here. Um, and if you're not, you should start thinking about it within the compliance rules and regulations. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. So if you look at Chris Crow, maybe one of you want to go on YouTube and check them out, type up K-R-I-S-K-R-O-H-N, put Rob Gill. You'll see that Chris has over 500, over 600,000 YouTube subscribers and he drives traffic to our office through videos. So we went from eight to 30 to like 200 new sales meetings a month. And then as we began to dive deeper into the Chris world, we started our own YouTube channel, which is Rob Gill dash Epic financial strategies. And um, began to get through educational videos on YouTube that are repurposed across LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, whatever the other one, TikTok, uh, believe it or not. Um, we started getting more and more new sales appointments every single month. And in the end, I think in, in the month of November, we had 600 new meetings. Uh, we had gone from five to 15 advisors slash agents in the last, I'd say four or five months. 
And we think we're about to have anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 new appointments in January. So I'm, I'm bringing on all across the country as much as I can, any licensed agents that could handle the fixed part of the business. Sure, sure. That's what I've been up to in the last five minutes. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what I want to do is circle back a little bit because I'm a big – uh, I'm a big advocate and really passionate about the life insurance space. And that's usually the beginning of a financial plan. And correct me if I'm wrong. Usually what's the point of building assets if we can't protect them? Yep. So now, do you mind unpacking a little bit the difference between the types of insurance? Just We'll, we'll just go term and whole life now. How term plays a, a role in a financial plan and how whole life and how that grows, how it can be used as an investment rather than just a permanent death benefit as well. Yeah, listen, um, I think that you know, I think the problem is in our industry, they push whole life, right? Because the high commission products that are associated with it, especially when you know in the business. And because of that, you'll have CFPs or other advisors that don't know how to sell it. You know, they put a bad spooky man version on it, right? The truth is, um, in general terms, right? Somewhere in the overall planning, insurance is very important, right? Um, Subject matter specific, I don't ever lead with life insurance. Um, if somebody calls up, we're going to have that conversation, obviously. But I think that the first thing that we like to do, Antonio, is um, we want to make sure that we understand what the person or the client's philosophy about money is first. Mm -hmm. And that's a deep dive into their generations, where they're from, what their parents, you know, how they were brought up and how they think, um, because that's real important. If, if we can understand how they think and why they think the way they think, and then we, we, we begin to ask questions about their goals and objectives, right? From there and only there, will we create plans and show them back based on what they're looking for, right? So, so that, that's like the big picture. And then you start digging into cash flow analysis. Okay, how much money's coming in? How much money's going out? Where's it going and why? If, so, if somebody says buy term insurance and invest the difference, my question is why? 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 Like, what's the reason why, right? And it could be the right thing in the short term until they can convert the term, right? We don't know. Mm -hmm. It depends on the income. It depends on where they live. Because remember, if you make 50 grand in New Jersey versus 50 grand in South Dakota, there could be different planning possibilities based on income and based on, you know, where somebody's at. Because we don't just meet everybody face to face. You know, we're all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, term is, is protection, right? Um, you always want to make sure, at least in my opinion, uh, and I'll speak general here, that you have term that you can convert without another medical. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. um, you always want to measure and monitor, hey, if I'm doing money into a 401k, okay, what's, what's the projected rate of return over 20, 30, 40 years? What's the inflation projection? What's the tax projection? Um, am I going past the match? Is there a match? How much? Do I put it all 18,000 in? Do I split it? Like, you know, those are, those are really good questions to ask. Right. Um, but along the way, people, I don't think are educated about the backside of a 401k. And like I said, you know, there's not Epic financial strategies. You have Epic wealth management, which is a, a RIA right down the hall. If somebody has a 401k and we do 401ks for companies, right. That, that's important, right. That's important. If they want that tax right off today, they have to be educated on the tax consequence later, but it's important to provide that education. Is there a blend? I believe that the pure insurance guy is off. I think the pure wealth management guy is off, gal, but somewhere in that middle is where you could really create a phenomenal career if you really have mm -hmm. all the things positioned in place. Now, if you want to speak in general terms about whole life, uh, it, it mimics a Roth IRA, Roth IRA from a standpoint that it grows, comes back tax-free. Uh, difference is you could stuff it like a pig. You could put as much money as you want in there mm -hmm. uh, based on your, you know, income levels and, and you know, health and everything else. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and understand the magic of how money velocitizes and you could overfund your policy. So let, let's talk, let's talk whole life L20 product. If you're brand new, it could be a 90% commission. It could be a 50% commission, Right. Well, what if you did like a, like a, a blended L100, 50-50 PUA and dumped a whole lot of money in there? Your commission is not going to be as big short term for versus the L20. However, if it's for somebody that really wants to use the money to buy real estate, you're, you're now allowing them, even though you don't sell real estate, right? You're allowing them to use that money 
in the strategy where you become your own bank. We you read that book by Nelson Nash. Right? Infinite banking concept. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, Correct. so if you go on LinkedIn, you'll see certain people that make fun of guys that sell life insurance. Um, these are CFPs that, you know, because they, they, and that's a very hard test, by the way, I took that test five times. And the last two times I, I just, I didn't, I never passed it. I just missed it, but the knowledge is so in there. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, a CFP is, is somebody that put in the work and the time they still don't know what the market's going to do. No, they can't predict tax tax law change. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that if you want to do an overall financial plan, you want to outpace inflation on the wealth management side, you always want to take on less risk. I don't care if the market's up 20, be up five or 10, because if the market's down 10 or 20, you want to be down one or two. Mm-hmm. Those other dollars via the insurance space for, for uh, the entrepreneur, business owner, family-oriented person, corporate executive, where they kind of could create their own map is where there's a good playground providing that you're providing for the client. Um, you know, the estate attorney, the accountant, if you can at least coordinate them, mm-hmm. um, the fiduciary, the insurance agent, the trust officer. I think if you could do that for your client, even though you're not bringing in the people, but somehow coordinate them, you become so valuable to your client. You're adding so much value that you become one of the trusted advisors. Cause I, I know CFPs out there. They don't want to talk to the accountant. They don't want to talk to the state attorney. They don't want to talk to the trust officer, insurance agent, and they hide behind their letters. I've seen it. Right. Um, so I think that no matter what the value you add to your client is the coordination of his financial data, understanding his core values with his goals and objectives, with his investment philosophy, and then tying in the professionals. Makes sense, that, man. You're going to have a great career. Well, and that's the thing too, for, for guys like Tony and I, I got into the industry back in 2018 as an intern working strictly on the insurance side, quickly realize and sort of step back and look at things, you know, where I was at, there was a lot of bias, a lot of just, Hey, don't worry about anything else. Just worry about this little sandbox that you're in right now. And I, I actually went to college for financial planning. I'm sitting for the CFP in, in, in July. Um, So I, who's training you for the CFP? uh, Kaplan. I actually, so the, because I went to college for, as a financial planning major, I qualify to certify for the exam. Now I'm just taking a, you know, education course, like tune-up course. Red Danko um, very good. Say it again. Red Danko is in, in Pennsylvania. Very good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I'm on the Kaplan course. It was like a thousand bucks and, and they yeah. gave you the books and you know, the quizzes, yeah, yeah. all that, all that crap. But, uh, but I guess like the perspective that I've taken just from the short time of me being a part of the industry is kind of exactly the world that you were in, right? Like your, your timeline is the last 25 years of what financial services look like. You got the insurance guys on one side, you got the investment guys on another. And I think the rise of technology and, and relatively return being somewhat of a commodity in a sense of you can go out and find stuff on your own if you're just a consumer. But I think, I think you've seen two sides kind of slowly come to the middle. The, the, the marketplace is forcing everyone to really become this fiduciary uh, best interest type uh economy, so to speak, or marketplace, so to speak, in the financial services role. But I think I, if, if, if I'm wrong, correct me, but you mentioned peak state of mind back in the 90s when you started. Has that, has your time back in that, in those days, you know, early starting out that peak state of mind mentality, have you seen that influence you throughout your time and even just till you woke up today? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's all about habits, rituals. It's about uh, understanding the questions you could ask yourself, you know, what can I learn from this? How can I improve? Um, really understanding your side of the street first and, and putting yourself in a position to understand transformational vocabulary. You know, I think there's like 75,000 words in the dictionary or 750, you could check that. But I know that um, um, according to Robin's Research International, we in our life use maybe 2,500 words of which 200 are perpetual every day. There's 4,000 words tied to emotions, 70 or 60% are negative. So if you could understand the words you're saying every day, just like Google, right? If you understand the words you're saying every day, each word has such energy and, and transference that if you could understand how to magnetize your, your transformational vocabulary, it just puts you in a different path of all the people that, that are in your business communicating the same message. If you want to com- communicate a much different message that's in line with the rules and regulations and the rules and everything else. And what habits have you created into your routine to make this more of a subconscious effort for you? So I do, um, you know, you got to read a lot, right? So, mm-hmm. so you always want to be reading, in my opinion, self-help books. Uh, a lot of NLP training has been very good for me. 
Um, the one, the one, I think for today's call, which somebody could take out of this, one of the things that's very powerful is priming in the morning, where if I'm in a shower, I'm going to spend nine minutes, three minutes each of three things I'm grateful for, uh, three things that I want healing, and then the last three things are outcomes that I'm seeking for, let's say, that week or that month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some outcomes are visual, right? So I visualize sitting down with clients, taking them through the success process, um, taking them to a formation agreement, which in the industry that they, they teach you guys is a close. We don't like to use that word. Um, formation agreement, which leads to, to business being done and, you know, just visualizing the whole process. And let's say there's, um, my group is working on 60 cases. And my portion of that is the seven or eight that I'm working on that month. I'll visualize that process while they're, you know, I'm sending out energy to them. This is just in my mind and, and what I go through on a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis. Also got to train your team. Uh, you want to make sure you, you and your team are speaking the same language. And when I say ask an empowering question, just think of it like, hey, if you say to yourself, why does this always happen to me? You'll go back. Your brain will take you through your life of all the negative things that happen versus what can I learn from this while still having fun creating revenues and income on a daily basis? And you start asking yourself those kind of questions. Um, how could I be more impactful? How could I have a positive impact on the group? How could I make this channel better? How could I make this stronger? How could my, how could Landon and Antonio take what they're doing and take that to the next step? How could they learn how to replace themselves while they're building this out? Like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so a question I want to ask, and feel free to, uh, to deflect if you don't want to answer this, because we do have a lot of um, insurance producers, a lot of CFPs, a lot of people that are in this space that listen to this podcast. Yep. So now, you are obviously an individual producer at first, and now you've transitioned to running an office. How has your your income structure changed on that, the way you get paid and the, the day-to-day um, routines in your life? How's that changed? And I'm assuming you still work with clients here and there, but you're probably more focused on the agents now. Yeah, no, actually, um, I do training with the agents, but I'm not, I'm, I still do my, my normal thing that I, that I do. The difference is I brought on other people to handle what you just described. Um, I had, fortunately, and this is for anyone out there, and, and anyone, whether you're a CFP, an insurance agent, you could do this. I formed ecosystems that is now driving traffic in here in ways that I never imagined. So, like, I could take you two guys and say, hey, look, you're still in New York life. You're allowed to have an outside business, right? You could sell, I would assume, life insurance with other carriers, right? Yep. And let's say I said, look, I'm going to guarantee you 50 appointments a month from the lead sources that are coming in from my world. Is that something you want to explore um, while you're still working your normal book of business? It's either yes or no. Yes. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think what I've created is unlike anyone else in this industry, no one is bringing, no one's saying land in here. Um, here's 30, 40, 50 appointments a month for the next five months. We're going to show you how we do it here, but we're also going to give you these appointments so you can work them and see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I think what we're creating, no one else has created, and we're looking to really like double, triple, and quadruple that. Yeah, because the training that you're going to be implementing for people is you're you're not teaching them ways to be divisive. I, I know when I started, it was like we're going to throw 50, 60 people at the wall and see and see who sticks, right? And like you said, you're calling your family, you're calling your friends. Yep. Your your level of impact can be great doing it that way. You you can make good changes in people's lives, and there's definitely some great stories. But your chances Absolutely. of success, your chances of success are like you said, like five percent of the people that do that will actually succeed and stay. Yeah. Um, but I think the way that you're doing it, it and I, this will tail into what I wanted to ask you. I think that's going to be the future of how financial services continues to evolve. Where do you see this world of evolving technology? And you know, you've seen literally the probably the, the most changes that have ever happened in our, in our time in this world, in the finance space, like how do you see financial services evolving to, and where do you see it going um, as a whole? Great question. I think by, by the sheer fact that I dropped my seven, right. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to share a thought with you and I'd be on the phone with my compliance by the end of the day, find out how you could shoot videos every day. Yeah. That are just purely educational, right? That's all I do. But you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a broker. I'm not an agent, right? So I have freedoms and I have my own in-house uh, compliance with a law firm that's behind me. 
So I everything we do is I dot and T cross. But but the first thing I would recommend because this is where the industry is going. It's not there yet, and there is that blue ocean opportunity. Um, shoot as many videos every single day that you possibly can, even if it's with a camera at first. When you go check us out on YouTube, you'll see that we get it done professionally now. Mm. But but remember, it's all about keyword search and it's about providing education, right? Um, that's what people are looking for. They're not looking for the suit, you know, the $5,000 suit with the tie. Um, they're looking for these kind of conversations, right? right. The majority of people, that's why they go on YouTube because they want to get educated. And that's going to continue to happen because look, and, and this is no disrespect to all these listeners. Thank you guys, whoever listens. Um, but the financial services industry is broke. It's broken. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Agreed. It's broken because <laughs> of a lack of coordination. It's broken because the people out there aren't educated. It's broken because it's so complicated. It changes every day. And, and educating folks requires more than like, hey, let me just leave my office at four o'clock. I'm not judging the person that leaves till four, but we're working until 10, 11 o'clock at night. So how do you educate people? You want to make sure that you have um, you know, e-money or something like that, right? That's sure. a great platform. And we call that the Epic Wealth Builder. We've co-branded it and called the Epic Wealth Builder, which is kind of cool. And then you want to make sure that you really do work with their accountant or their attorney, right? And then a lot of times folks don't even know how to coordinate that. So they're going to say, hey, can you recommend somebody? And you want to make sure that you have somebody that you could recommend. And I think that the person that is fluid and not static, the, like just, the, I don't know too many people that have shows like this. So th- th- this is a, this is a great heads up. I don't even know if your sales manager, or your GA is even receptive towards what you're doing right now. Um, if they even understand it, because I had to talk to the guy that I do business with banging my head nonstop. He's starting to get it, but like, you know, going through the compliance and this and that, it can be done. I know that there's certain mm-hmm. people doing it, uh, even on the mass mutual side, but it's really about, you know, providing videos, education and, and, and being able to create a space where people want to do business with you. And if you do it the right way, there's going to be a lot of people that want to do business and that gives you a chance to recruit. Right. Yeah, I, I, I can was, recruit more agents right now than your GA, even though he's probably spending ten thousand a month on recruitment. I can do it right now. I can go on LinkedIn right now and recruit fifty agents. That's because of your flexibility with because there's the, the constraints are are off, right? Is that what you're saying? It's because I'm offering people opportunities to do business right Got away. Got it. You can't do. Orphan leads it. isn't isn't the solution. Got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can I can provide people to you guys tomorrow that that want to buy life insurance, mm. and that's another another conversation. But that, sure. that's what we're creating. I think I think the flaw that I see when I explain it to folks, you know, from a fiduciary seat, when I say this to folks, I say, you know, the, the, a big problem in our industry is there's a lot of disaligned incentives out there. There's a lot of guys running around that have, you know, they want to help people, but at the same time, they're also trying to pay the rent. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. That's yeah, my, that's just my two cents on it. But I would say, I mean, in the beginning of my career as well, and I'm not in this uh, more than two years. I, I was like, I was that way. Cause you get a little bit of pressure from management in the beginning. You get all excited to, you know, write, write this big uh, policy, even if it's not suitable for the client. And then you kind of understand long-term that you have to do what's right by the client, even if it's going to sacrifice your income temporarily. And especially yeah. since I'm young, I don't have the need for, I don't have many expenses, so I don't have the need for, incredible cash flow right now. So if I do write by the client and then down the road, hopefully they don't lapse their policy because I did write by them. Yeah. Then it's, that, that leads to referrals. That leads to recurring business, better overrides, things like that. And I think that's huge. But imagine talking to five brand new people every day. Yeah. Name like of the you'll game. Never, you'll just be building every day. Name of the game. I think that's a big problem on my end. Right now I'm, I'm doing really well, but it's just because of every referral I get, it's not an incredible amount, but it's a very good referral. It's a very warm referral. My success rate's very high, but that's not sustainable long-term. My numbers have to get up big time. Yep. Yep. I, I, I don't know if I'm even allowed to name the company, but I was at a company for a year and I was up in New York city at a event event that we had. And the guys, the guy standing up there, he was like, you know, five years in really very successful guy. And and his advice, his dad was an advisor. He's like, you know, when I got into the business, my dad said to me, he's like, if you can sit in front of 150 people a year, you're gonna have a big salary. So like you said, the name of the game is just, is just getting in front of people, qualified people every day. You know, you know, listen, my, my group in December delivered 750,000 in premium. 
right? So, like, someone might say, yeah, that could have been a big case. Uh, one of it was for 300000 in premium. And then the other 40 cases, think about that, 40 cases was anywhere between, like, 8 and 30, mm-hmm. right? Just, mm-hmm. you know, however it shook out. But it was, it was, uh, it was north of 750000 in premium. Beautiful. And that's because, and, and I'm not bragging about that for anyone listening. I just want you to know that it's because we created a model of consistency. Um, we formed ecosystem mergers and we've created these opportunities where, um, you know, there's, 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 I don't like to use the word funnel, um, but there's a flow system that comes in and people are eager. And that's another thing. We want to make sure when people come to see us, they're in a peak state and they want to listen to what we have to say. They're sure. open-minded and they're receptive. Sure. Absolutely. Now, now Rob, uh, go ahead. Did you have something, Landon? No, I was, no, you got it, bro. No, I mean, I want to go more towards the, the personal side of things. You know, I mean, you built this great business. Um, you're, you're doing an amazing job. I'm sure money's not the craziest concern right now. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm just going to assume that right now. What's the end goal for this? Like, do you, do you plan on retiring at all? What do you, what do you want to do? What's the, you know, what's the goal I, for I, this? I grew up, I grew up blue collar in New Jersey. My parents were never educated. So I, I, I always want to educate people about money opportunity, give them uh, inspiration, right? Including agents who are brand new and or uh, veterans that just looking for economic redemption and, and provide hope that there's another way. Um, I haven't thought of the end in mind per se, other than I want to educate as many advisors and people as I possibly can and be a part of that and be a part of something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it looks like a year from now because uh, it's moving so fast right now. Um, what I've learned is to divorce myself from an outcome and stay true to the daily process. And I think my, my short-term viewpoint now, just to answer that question, is how do I make our systems and processes better every day? That's kind of what I'm focused on right now. Um, and what's what's uh, one action? Sorry to cut you off. What's one action that you do every day to make sure that that goal is being attained? You know, what's what's something that you think about that? Okay, how can I make this better? What's something so, that you're constantly doing? So we're always looking at our cases and underwriting. We're always looking at um, what inning the client is in the process of hello to yes. Um, so in those small distinctions, how can we communicate better to the underwriter? How can we communicate to the client in the middle innings? What are some of the things we could do um, to keep them engaged as we go this process? Uh, we're going to build out an educational, purely educational program um, that we're going to incorporate for clients during the underwriting phase. So they have that, including videos and that's amazing uh, stuff like that. So that's being built as we speak. It's going to take about 90 days, including like a 30 page book. Um, you know, little things like that is kind of some of the things that we're doing on a daily basis right now. Like, I think our month ended yesterday with one, one of the carriers that we do the majority of our business with. So like today, this week, early next week, I want to speak to as many one-on-one people that I'm looking to take through the success process, not talk money, but just build rapport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, I like divorce yourself from outcome. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. We've, like been, that. we've been kind of preaching that for a while. Yeah, you ever get the question ready for this? The, the GA or the sales manager say, Hey, what is your bank and stretch this month? They'll ask, they'll say like how much commission or premium. Oh, right. Okay. And I always say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never, I never want to put that out there. Like that's just so negative. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, what are your numbers going to be this month? You know, like think about it. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that sounds very um, transactional. Very salesy. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. And people, right. people smell that bullshit from a mile away. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it was. And the sales, and I'm going to say it, sales managers, I'm sorry, but you're making money off the work of the, of the agent, right? Um, you're providing a good educational training. But I would also like, remember, I have to remind certain people in my office that the sales manager and the GA work for us. We don't work for them. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. Like, like, they work for us. We write them checks. Sure. Based on our production, right? So you're out there taking on all the risk, putting in all the time, doing all the work, right? And people get paid off of that. And they provided a service and a place for us to do business. They deserve, if it's fair, whatever portion that they make out of it. Um, but whenever it gets into those conversations about, hey, what are your numbers going to be? What is this? What is that? It's always a sticky feeling for me. Um, and I encourage you to turn that conversation around. I like that. I like that. So what I do know is we're kind of at the 
where we typically see the end point of our conversations go, but, but we always, you know, the name of this podcast is the learn lead podcast. So our, our goal is to learn from you and be better leaders in our lives. So, you know, for our all our listeners, entrepreneurs, financial service professionals, you know, the list goes on of young folks that are just hungry uh, for success. What do you have for them in a, you know, a 30 second commercial just to leave them with for, you know, success principles. Whatever business you're in, if you want to be um, at the top of that business, model after the best and getting proximity to the best, which means if someone's in your office, they're the best, ask them if you can buy them coffee, ask them if you can help them to their car. Do whatever you can to learn from them and then add 10% of that. And if you model after the best, proximity is power and you follow what they do, you'll have no choice to be successful. Start doing it today because tomorrow never comes. I like that. A big, a big thing that, uh, that I've been trying to do is on some of my, you know, trickier appointments, I'll, I'll try and bring the one of the best producers in with me. And, you know, I consider it paying for my education. You know, I'm going to give him a percentage of the commission on that. But one, he'll probably get a much bigger check than I would. Yeah. And two, I get to see his process. That's going to make me millions of dollars in the long run rather than that upfront check that I'm going to grab. Yeah, you know, my first million and a half in premium, I was a student um, and I watched somebody do it, you know, uh, over a year. So yeah, that's don't get caught up in how much you're not making. Don't get caught up in the commission splits. Um, and that's where people fail in this business miserably because they hold on to the case or you know they try and pick and choose. Just be true to the discipline and the outcome will be amazing, especially if you do the difficult things like become easy. I love that. Well, Rob, thanks so much for coming on and you know giving us it, an amazing episode something extremely relevant to our lives and selfishly we're really excited about it so yeah, thanks so much god bless you and happy holidays you too guys thank you for, for the invite i really appreciate it thanks for tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe I love the difference in attire that we're wearing right now. You know, we do the same exact thing basically for a living and I'm out here in a t-shirt and a hat. You're over there looking all executive. I love it. What a stud you I mean, are. I got my first custom suit right here. Look at this thing. It's a really, Oh, look at, the the liner, huh? look at that thing. Wow. Love that yeah. thing. We're first, um, you know, for those, for those listening, we're actually on video as well. So check out some video content. We'll have that posted as well. What's up, Landon? What's up with you? I am sitting here in sunny Philadelphia. Look at this. It's the view right here, man. Look at that. Wow. I'm not what even going to pretend this is my office. I'm not even going to pretend this is my office. That's the boss's corner office. This is the boss's corner office, you know. Wow. But hey, he, I mean, he that's, like, that's your well, office soon, man. Hey, he'll, he'll see this and hear this because he listens to all our stuff. So if you're listening, Austin, I'm not hijacking your office. I'm just borrowing it temporarily for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Austin. We appreciate it. Um, now, I do have a bone to pick with you because I I did call you out. I thought you were lying to me today with your second appointment. If you can make at least two appointments a day for some time in the future, you're going to be able to create business that way. And so Lan and I, you know, we've been doing really well, been buying into that system, but, you know, sometimes we slack. So what we did was create some type of pain point to hold each other accountable and basically we hold each other accountable, letting you let each other know how many we set during the day. We got to set through Monday through Friday, got to set at least two a day. If we don't, $50 we owe the other person. 50? Oh, um, shit. You know. That's right. I thought it was 20. Well, we started out with 20 and then we changed to 50. Oh, um, wow. You're right. Now that I think about it. You changed the pain point. You're like, oh, 20 is not, not painful right, enough. Right, right. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I slipped through the cracks a couple of times. Like I, I had a couple... I had a couple I th- a couple of nights where I thought I was going to I was going to fold in that and owe you but I had random last minute shit play out that just went in my favor and I the meetings hit but man I was thinking to myself it was 20 the whole time I I don't yeah I know what you're talking about I remember that conversation but I don't know for some reason I thought we ended up circling back to because how it works is because Tony's only had Tony's had to pay me once and he, and it was it was the original 20 and we had gone back and forth about what number is meaningful because I'm taking that 20 that he has to send me and I'm investing it into, into something on his recommendation. 
right? And vice versa. Yes. So you that's, have to that, yeah, that's in. a that's a cool little way. You know, it's an yeah. incentive because it's not your money's not going to waste. You know, we're putting it into an investment. And uh, I think the first one I recommended. This is not investment advice. Was the company MindMed. Um, since I've recommended it to people about a year ago, it's gone up. I think at least four x, four hundred percent. It's a medicinal mushroom company, and they, you know, they're working on the healing properties of magic mushrooms, um, Boy. which is really cool. Um, other than that, though, so many, so many exciting things, man. I have, you know, Landon just finished seventy five hard. I'm actually doing seventy five hard right now. Uh, I don't know if I told you this story, Landon. I was six days in. And just had to redo because I woke up, forgot I took a fucking, forgot to take a progress picture, man. The progress picture came at me. You know, thank God it wasn't 40 days in, um, but, you know, had to start from zero back so on you, day three. You have the app, right? Yep. You have the, and the I, reminders? I, I now made it the thing. I, I put a thing to set a reminder for it. Yeah, that's, that's um, what's But now first me. thing in the morning, I just take it. Good, man. It's, it's annoying, but I, I love it. I mean, 75 Heart is a, an amazing amazing tool, but you have to, you can't deviate at all. I think the first time I tried it last year, I was deviating a little bit, trying to make it my 75 hard. It's fucking 75 hard. There's no other type of 75 hard. It's what Andy says. And it's, you do what Andy says and yeah. or it's not you know, good for you hard. to have completed it. No, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. 75 bitched out. He said, yeah, that's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's what bitch he calls voice. it. Listening to the bitch voice. That's what he says. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are some new things going on in your life? My life is not that interesting. I am just growing my business and um, growing my mind. I'm trying to. I'm sitting for a really important exam in July, uh, the CFP. No one will know what that is. It's it's not the CPA. It's like you know, fancy thing for our nerdy finance world. So, uh, besides that, I am just uh, working hard and playing hard, man. Yeah. Hell yeah! You know, and and. I think people think that when there's not much going on in your life that, you know, there's, you're not doing things you have to, if you want to be successful, you have to be addicted to the monotony of everyday constant boringness, grind, grind, grind. Yeah. Cause that's that. And that's exactly what 75 hard is. It's just being mm-hmm. addicted to the monotonous shit that you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I would say good luck on the CFP. You don't need it. Um, I would say <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm not, I expect all that shit out of you. So <laughs> the one thing I'm excited about, it, it just, I started a newsletter. So the newsletter, it goes out to all my clients slash people who want to listen, to watch, follow my content work-wise. It's just recommendations on different articles that you wouldn't otherwise have access to without me. So Wall Street Journal, Economist, Harvard Business Catalog, catalog like, I mean, think there, I think I have a selection of, of, of like 100 subscription-based uh, companies and because mm-hmm. I am connected through all of them and partnered with all of them, I'm able to offer articles out to my people on my newsletter, um, and it's free of charge for them to, to to read those articles and things like that. So I'm sending out a, a, a biweekly newsletter. I'm excited about that. But other than that, that's that's sweet. Yeah, no, that is exciting. Yeah. I mean, people, everyone, hit landing up if you want to become a part of that newsletter. You know, um, if you have to become a client, good for you. Um, I'm actually going to create a newsletter as well. I have that on my agenda. Um, it's going to be called the consistency wins newsletter. Boom. Funny enough. Um, it's going to be more so, you know, what I'm feeling. I like to write, I like to journal. So I'm going to blog a little bit, talk a little bit about finance, what I do for a living. And then also talk about the podcast, what episodes came out, just trying to get a lot of engagement with more people around here. Yeah. Speaking of which we did launch the fundraising campaign last week. And if you're watching this on video, the new learn lead tote bags have now come out. They have shipped. So we only have 200 of them, sold about half of them, um, and we got 100 more. So these are flying. You know, obviously, you have to pay 10 cents per grocery bag. You know, at least pay some money and get to uh, have it go to a good cause and get, you know, get a nice little tote bag, rep the brand, and can we you really roll, appreciate it. Can you hold it. it back up? Can you open it up? Hold it back up to the – I want to see it in the camera. Maybe maybe this will be something we throw on the, on the gram. Can you, like, actually open it? I want to see how big it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, right, this like, thing's huge. Right, like, oh, this thing's bags. big. This thing. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You take, you take two or three of these things and, uh, you know, your, your shopping's done. Maybe for me, maybe you need four or five, but, right. um, you know, some, some good stuff, man. There's, uh, a lot more stuff going on. If you don't, if you hear a bunch of sound in the background, that's cause I'm getting my basement renovated into an office, getting a monster office space down there. It's going to be a nice executive office. Really fucking excited about you that. You get the stand up desk. Unf- 
Yes, I'm getting a hybrid sit-stand desk because nice. I can't sit on my ass for much longer, man. It's yeah. killing my back. Yep. Um, you know, it's just not good for blood flow, terrible for life in general, just sitting nonstop. Yep. Um, the one I want is like three grand. Probably not going to go for that one. But <laughs> You know, I'm going to get the one. It's that- wild. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm going to no, get the no, one no, that, you. I'm going to get the one that um, you just sit on top of a desk. So like it stands and compresses, but it, you, if yep, you yep. plant it on top of another desk. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I found one. Yeah, no, I found one that's like kind of a, the one I have now, it's like a U shape or an L shape, actually. A U shape, I don't know what the fuck I got that from. Um, an L shape and one side of the L goes up and goes down and then the other one is just stationary. Um, and that's, you know, between five to 700. So that's something more. I'm too lazy to be putting some shit down. And I also use a desktop as opposed to a laptop. So it'd be annoying. The the um, vision of, of I'm having right now of you putting something together like furniture wise like you know how ikea sends you the box of shit to put together <laughs> oh my god just <laughs> dude i just tried i just tried to put uh shoes on a shoe rack today and they weren't staying on and i broke the shoe rack i slammed the shoes and i usually don't get mad but i was just like this fucking shoe rack it's that impatient new yorker in you bro it's that impatient new yorker man i you can't get it out of the dna man as much as i try <laughs> i do a lot <laughs> um, we gotta talk about rob gill man how, how about that interview I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, personally, for the both of us, it strikes home pretty much. I know we were personally asking a lot of questions because we are in this space. Rob's killing it, man. And we've had some conversations with him offline um, you know, about any potential business that we can do together. He's amazing. Just an amazing individual, always just trying to help people and you know, helping people hit their financial goals. The way the industry's moved, it, it, it's going in this role, in this route. And I think th- this conversation was if it was boring to most people, but really impactful to some, that's really, that's what, that's the goal. I think like it, it was very impactful for us. And I know that there's other people in our industry that listen to this podcast. So I know that there's some value to take there. And I think we all, we all start somewhere in this industry, but we're always on this constant evolution of this wheel, trying to figure out, are we in the right place? What else is out there? Uh, is there a better life out there for me and my future family? Right. So I think it's mm-hmm. always good to explore options. It's always good to hear people from outside of wherever sandbox you're in talk about this stuff um, because it only helps increase your awareness and your flexibility and your knowledge, you know? Yeah, definitely. Just simply by connecting with him and following up in email threads, I've just expanded my network and my ability to see what else is out there, you know, whether any actions taken on or not, it doesn't matter. It's just about not being closed-minded and I'm really excited to just continue what we're doing, man. You know, if one person could get value out of this, it's amazing. That's all we care about. That's literally all we care about. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why we're not going to stop. Literally, I, that's the that's the only fee. It's it's the I'm stealing it from Andy Frasilla, but the only fee to this podcast is if you if you enjoy any of this stuff, please share it. Talk about us. You know, I mean, we don't we're not trying to become millionaires off this. We're doing this out of the goodness of our heart and we enjoy connecting with different people. So please share it around. Um, Tone, maybe just finish out with kind of a reminder on the, the the tote bag donations and things like that. Yeah. If you did, uh, you know, if you did donate, we are going to be sending you out one of these tote bags. These are what the tote bags look like if you're looking on video. And we're really excited to do a great thing for Brandon that we released his podcast last week. If you are interested in donating, Listen to the podcast last week. We started a donation campaign and, you know, hit us up on Instagram or through DM, whatever you want to do to get involved. Well, I mean, we're really excited that everyone continues to listen and we're continuing to bring value to everyone listening here. So like we said before, if you did get value, please tell somebody about this. That is what we want to do. We suck at marketing this thing. So really just tell a friend we want this to keep growing and we want to continue to do it. So thank you so much and we love you and have a great day.